so verse 723 says, He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man and animals and creeping things and birds. They were blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left and those who were with him in the ark, and the waters prevailed on the earth for 150 days. 150 days. Why the why the birds? Yeah, I, I don't know. Why why the why That's the, a great like, question? Did Noah which also begs a question, did Noah have to go get two of every type yeah. of bird? Which that was a fun episode on Noah and Friends. <laughs> like, <laughs> trying to like climb up and get an egg. He's just from, the most like <laughs> disheveled man. <laughs> Dearly beloved. Welcome to the Unblessed Podcast, where we inquire and exposit the mysteries of that ancient text, that good book itself, the Holy Bible. We are not theologians nor historians. We are but armchair philosophers who spent years in seminary or on a church staff and have since departed to make our own way. We invite you now to read, think, and laugh with us as we dive deep into the denominational doctrines of the divine in the Unblessed Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Unblessed Podcast. My name is Evan. And I'm Scott. And we are two X substitute sermon deliverers, givers, givers, <laughs> speakers, whatever you yeah. want to call them, spitters, X substitute sermon spitters. That's right. Yeah. Scott, did you ever have to do a sermon uh, when a uh, lead pastor was out? I only had to do it a handful of times. Yep. I, did you I enjoy think... it? I did. I I actually liked uh, preaching, getting up there and laying down the fire and brimstone every week. You know, just really. I I just can't imagine you enjoying having a captive audience where everyone has to listen to everything you have to say for thirty to forty minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's really bizarre. It's like not me at all. Like it I hate. Doesn't it. track. No, I like not talking in front of others i like to be really tucked away in the corner i like myself, to be in front you know? of others but not talking yeah <laughs> <laughs> i like to speak in, that's why i'm a drummer <laughs> i just be standing on stage by myself quiet for 30 to 40 minutes while everyone stares at me and you just hear like a few coughs every yeah. now and then <clears throat> a few throat clears I liked it. I'm good at, I feel like I'm pretty good at talking. At least I can talk a lot. The church I, I worked at, I think I did maybe a total of three times. And I did do some other ones. Like I, I did like some youth group, like Wednesday night sermons. And those are always just a real hoot. You got to oh, yeah. add in a game at the beginning or jokes or something. You're like, all right, everybody. <sighs> Whose penis is growing? Oh, jeez. <laughs> God, ladies, go in the other room with my smoking yeah. hot wife. Yeah, just boys right now. Just, just boys. Just, just the fellas tonight. Yeah, and we'll try topic. and talk about sex, but we won't. Yeah, I, I remember I was doing this. Uh, it was me and these. Uh, God, People? I'm just 
Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> no, we did like the split sex ed talk um, oh, or yeah. a split accountability group in uh, mm-hmm. high school. And the guys group was very much like, all right, we're going to keep ourselves accountable. And, you know, we're going to, you know, every week we're going to, you know, put one of us in the hot seat and ask him, you know, how oh, you do. Hot seat. Yeah. Jeez. And uh, my girlfriend at the time was also uh she, they she was the uh in the girls side of things and i was like what did y'all talk about she's like well we talked about which guys we thought were really godly oh and, it was, and i was God. like i don't think that was a good use of your time let's just talk about <laughs> boys the whole let's time talk about boys oh my gosh and which ones are cute and which ones are not so cute and <sighs> that was my sermon i gave was you know, it was, we just talked about which, how to identify <laughs> cute people in boy. your life. <laughs> hot boys in your life. Yeah. Scott Rand's five tips to fighting. Ooh, that feels problematic. Um, <laughs> and they all started with the same letter, each tip. <laughs> so that's actually brings up a good point about sermon prep is yeah. the alliteration. You had to get all the little sermon games. You had to keep people's attention. Um did you try and do, cause you're right. Like when you're doing sermon prep and when you're sitting down, you're like, okay, what's the, um, how do I get this to stick? I was a big proponent of, you have to have one topic. Like don't have 10 points. Don't have five points. Pastors. If you're listening to this podcast, which I doubt you are, you probably don't like this podcast at all, but if you are, just the my fuck f- up. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, here's my free sermon tips, because I've listened to a lot of not-so-great sermons in my life, and I have a lot of notes and thoughts on what makes a good sermon good. As you can tell, I'm very good at speaking (laughs) on the air. (laughs) But uh, yeah, number one is one topic, one point to drive home. Don't try to, here's three to five things that we're going to be talking about. Just what's the one thing you're trying to tell people about in the morning? And the other thing is, be casual, be funny, be, you know, just be natural. Don't try to force anything. And then don't be like a boring theology student. I would listen to so many sermons where these pastors would just go into like, well, there's like the deep, you know, eschatological view of the blah, blah, blah. blah. It's like no one in your congregation cares about any of that. You're just a, a seminary bro trying to get points from the other seminary people like stop it like i bet your favorite pastor is john piper and you know uh (laughs) the original hebrew and the original greek is fun it's a nice little it's a nice little salt and pepper Mm -hmm. but you gotta have steak with it you gotta you gotta have like there it it can't that can't be the point of your sermon the point of your sermon can't be this word means this no. People are going to forget. Boring. Um, I made that mistake uh, a few times. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I was like, what's your sermon, uh, your tips? Uh, I think all good speeches, like you're saying, have a point. And they yeah. build to that point. Yeah. And so when you're thinking about your like, three-point sermon or whatever, think about it in the sense of like a tripod. Those three points should be supporting a singular point up on top. Mm. And that should be your closer. That should be what you're building towards. Yep. You know, um, every great speech ever delivered. I I dare you to point out (laughs) to me a speech that was about 
six different unrelated things. Oh, yeah, no way. Yeah. It's not going to stick with people. I mean, and that's the thing is, I remember being on staff somewhere, and I would go home, and if I couldn't remember what the sermon was about that day, I was like, then it wasn't a great sermon. Like, no. if, I, if I'm if i on staff, and I'm one of the most, I would say, more invested people, mm-hmm. you know, listening, at least I would I would think, since I'm there, but... Uh, if, if I'm invested and I can't remember the topic after an hour or after eating lunch, then it didn't stick. And it wasn't that great of a point anyway, or there's too many points. So yeah, it's, you got to keep it also keep it short. Yeah. These people that go like an hour with their, no one wants that. Nobody wants an hour long sermon. Jesus. Like, (laughs) and if you do, don't be friends with me. Like, I don't or have a video in the middle or something fun, you know, or snacks. Yeah, like <laughs> have an intermission. My butt's getting dry. There's an imprint of my ass on these pews right here. It's Jesus. Christ. An hour is way too long. Like, especially just for like a Sunday morning. If it's like a conference thing, it's one thing, but a normal Sunday morning, what are you doing? 40 minutes max, I would say. That's I would say 30 minutes, Max. If you can't get your point across in 30 minutes, oh yeah, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. What do you think about sermon jokes, humor? What What's your take on it? I think, well, I've got a whole book on them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, um, I think they're fine. Here's the, th- I, I, I got great advice from, so I went to Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and Herschel York uh, was my uh, preaching professor. And it was probably one of the better classes I've ever taken in my life because it's really just about public speaking. Yeah. Is really what it was. Um, and he taught you kind of how to stand uh, when you get up there. And he was like, stand on your toes, leaning forward, so you're already engaged. You already mm-hmm. feel engaged. And I was like, ooh, that's a good idea. Another thing, he was like, also, you're not funny. You're not funny. Except that you're not funny. You're not funny. Just And people are like, well, does that mean don't do jokes? He's like, I'm not saying don't do jokes. I'm saying understand that you're not funny. Just know that if you do a joke, people will laugh because they like you, not because yeah, you're funny. Exactly. You're not. Pastors have that disillusion all the time. They think they're the funniest people in the world. I'm look, pointing at myself, audience. Don't worry. I have that self-awareness. Yeah. <laughs> They'll think they're the funniest person on earth, but then you realize, oh, I'm just surrounded by 50, 100 people that just like me, and they're yeah. laughing out loud to try to support me. In this and it would be weird if they got up and walked out. <laughs> yeah, or booed you in the middle yeah, of the service. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> See, yeah, that's, yeah. that was my key in sermons <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, just boo them halfway through. <laughs> boo. Could you imagine somebody booing someone in the middle of church? Oh, I would love that. I wish that was. I wish oh, it was like that. That'd socially acceptable, just. I think it should. I think yeah, churches should be a little bit. I mean, if it's all about community and bringing people together, I've got to start going to random churches and just booing in the <laughs> middle of it. We should see what the re- response is. I'm really curious Boo! how someone react. Where's the music? Let's pray for <laughs> that brother in the back right over there. Let's pray for him. Where's the bread? We need more snacks. <laughs> More snacks, more, more snacks. snacks. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Uh, I I would like to see that. That'd be a good vibe check on churches. Go visit them. Is boo halfway through a sermon and see what happens. See what's the uh, What's the uh, gradient on the vibe there? If people <laughs> join in, 
<laughs> That's a cool ass church if everyone joins and starts booing together. Like, yeah, you know what? Boo. You know what? Boo this guy. He sucks. <laughs> Boo this man. <laughs> guy yeah. just goes home and cries to his wife and kids, and it's like the worst thing happened to me. That reminds me of the uh there's like a TikTok or a video out there that's like I just challenged a kid to a dunk contest or a nine-year-old to a dunk contest and won. It was like, I just challenged a kid to a push-up con, a nine-year-old to a push-up contest and won. It's like, I just challenged a nine-year-old to an arm wrestling contest and won. And it cuts through a nine-year-old. He's like, I said the worst day of my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, just imagine like a yeah. pastor getting home and just being like, I, what happened? Everybody started booing collectively. Yeah. <laughs> The sermon humor is awful. I, as much as I, even though I did suggest it, I do think it's good to warn people, just public speaking in general, it's good to put people's guard down. Even if it's the most formal thing, yeah. you want people to feel like they can listen and like kind of relax. No uh, one's going to go to a speech and remember you're really fun. Like they might remember a funny thing that you said. Yeah. But if you're up there and you're trying to crack jokes the entire time oh, and wasting their time. Exactly. It's there's there's been like peppering it in at the beginning yeah. just to kind of like get warmed up, get people a little, you know, in the zone, I guess, to listen and pay attention. It's another thing, and I've been part of those sermons where people are trying to make the jokes work or they think they wrote the world's greatest joke and then it just doesn't land. Or they spend way too much time on a uh, don't even get me started on the funny family stories. I was with my kids, Braxton and Braylon. We were throwing the baseball around, and I let me tell you this sermon idea I had. I thought about blah blah blah, and it just they dive into the like most boring family story. You know, it's like save us. My biggest pet peeve, my biggest pet peeve in any speech, is starting it out with, "I was thinking about what I was going to say today." Uh. Yeah. No, no shit. <laughs> I hope at some point you gave what you are about to say some thought. I hope you're not just completely freelancing this right now. Just oh man, I hope you're not just like whipping this out from the hip. Like I just, I really, anyone who says I was thinking about what I was going to say today indicates to me that. They didn't think a hell of a lot hard on what they were going to say today. They had one thought, one thought process at one point at the urinal, and <laughs> that was it. Yeah, I, I, I'm more curious the over under on pastors that prep versus ones that just completely shoot from the hip, like you said. I, oh, yeah. I, I bet there's a lot from all the. Uh, cringy pastor videos I tend to see, it makes you think that some of these pastors are just, yeah, we're going to talk about this verse. I'm just going to, I have thoughts. I've done it 10 times. I know what I'm talking about. And they'll just completely, you know, yeah. improvise the whole sermon, which is not a good idea. Yeah. Sermon and sermon prep, it is, it is an art. And I will say I've, when it's good, it's, it really makes a service, but when it's bad, holy cow, like yeah. I could, I want to run out of a church. <laughs> like if preaching is bad, you know, it's like, that's, that's why most yeah. people go. It's like, so yeah. if your preaching's bad, I, I just remember when we worked with church plants, 
there'd be these other church plants that would be starting up and they'd be like, what are we doing wrong? And the people aren't coming. And I'd be like, because you're preaching and your music and everything you're offering on Sunday is not that great. It's not that great. I know that you're relying on the spirit and all these things, but Jesus bad. (laughs) Like it's not, it's not engaging. It's not entertaining. It's not giving people anything. So yeah, I, I have like, I feel like I have plenty of horror stories about preaching and Sunday services, but is there anything else in sermon prep world that, other hot tips that you have, Evan? I don't have that many hot tips. I think like the thing that I would do is I would pick like a verse or pick like a passage and then I would just kind of like research as much as possible on as many different like resources as I could and then try and find like a common thread. Do you ever make any weird sermon illustrations like really to reach reach deep to make a connection on something? I said cardioactomy one time. Oh. <laughs> okay. That was weird. I was basically talking about uh, the Ezekiel verse where it talks about the heart making, God making the heart of stone, a heart of flesh. Oh, And it was yeah. one of my sermons where I was like, and the Hebrew word, and this is my whole point. Um, uh, but I was like, God has done a cardioactomy to your heart. And you probably thought that was just like the coolest thing when you wrote that down. You were like, Oh yeah. I was this like, is gonna this is gonna turn the tides of this church. Absolutely. <laughs> and that was the sermon where two guys walked up to me afterwards and were like, Why did you preach in a hoodie? <laughs> Forgot to dress up there, Evan, didn't you? Uh oh. And I was Who just got like, mad. I do you want to know the names you want me no. to tell you? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> don't, me, I don't meant, me... Like were these I'm assuming were these people like that they were was it staff or was it someone that was I would say just... quasi staff because it was a church okay. plant. Gotcha. Yeah. You pissed people off with the hoodie though. Yeah. It was an IUPUI hoodie. And <laughs> these guys walked up to me, they're like, Hey, I'm just curious as to like why you chose a hoodie. <laughs> um and I was like, because what a dung what a dang war. They're like, yeah, well, I just think about, you know, how we present to all people. And I just, I'm looking around in this like gym. Yeah. Of where everyone's, I was like, if people are coming to church in a gym, read the room. Like, I don't know if they're that concerned about how I'm going to be dressed. I do remember that that whole thing is what's funny. Like, I, <laughs> I remember people saying that about, like, oh, he was in a hoodie. Like, that's, it's just too casual for preaching. Like, like you said, everybody else in the room is in shirts and shorts and yeah. sandals. Like I'm not naked. <laughs> like, <laughs> we had people that got upset at my church growing up for people in the worship band that had sleeveless shirts on. There was girls. Girl, like girls had like a just like a strap. I thought you were rocking a tank. I wish. I wish I was that badass to just yeah. be in a tank top playing guitar. I wish I had tank top like <laughs> confidence. I, yeah, maybe I should have some more tank top energy. I just remember someone was being like a, you know, vocalist on Sunday and they had nothing bad. Like, I don't, it wasn't like it was a bikini on. It was just, you know, like a, I, I don't know, women's fashion, whatever kind of shirt you call it. It did have Mary Magdalene doing the middle finger a la yeah. that Johnny Cash <laughs> uh, photo one time. Oh, that's, you know, she did rip up a, picture of billy graham right in the middle of the second song 
But people got all up in a tizzy about it. They were like, they like went up to her after and they're like, what you're wearing is inappropriate. And like, this is a worshipful place and you yeah. need to like cover up. I, that was one of the first times I remember thinking growing up like, oh, my church isn't maybe as cool as I <laughs> How thought about it was. you shut the fuck up? Yeah. How about Let's no one there. cares? Yeah. No one cares. I, a buddy of mine got in trouble for wearing a hat. I think I've talked about this before. Oh, hats were a weird thing too. Yeah. Yeah. Like these old ladies can come in with the biggest Easter Sunday <laughs> hat of all time. <laughs> yeah. But my buddy wears like a Pacers hat uh, to church and it's like, that's disrespectful. Get him. Get him. Beat him up. Yeah, the church dress code is one of the most ass backwards things that people argue about. Because yeah. they'll say in their belief, like, well, it doesn't matter what we wear. God accepts us for as we are. Come as you are. You know, it's worship. Yeah. You know, David danced naked in the streets and as worships. Like it shouldn't matter. You shouldn't need Sunday best and, and all these fancy clothes and But then the minute you wear a tank top on Sunday. People are like, you could dress up a little bit. Yeah. Like, you could wear a polo. <laughs> it's so dumb. I don't get it. It's my favorite verse. Kurt Cobain, 6'5", come as you are. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> What's our topic today, Evan? What are we touching on? Speaking of coming as we are... Oh. Uh, um. We're talking about the flood. I didn't have a great transition for that. That worked. Um, <laughs> did it. Worked. Um, we're talking about the flood. We're talking about the good old flood. Every culture has a flood myth. Um, I'll say this. When we say myth, when referring to literature, we're not necessarily saying that this did or didn't happen. What really we're just saying is this is a hmm. story. So when someone told me, like, my love life is a myth, they weren't saying, like, oh, you're... I think this more or less relates to things that happen a long okay, time Okay, so ago. again, if... <laughs> <laughs> like, longer than you've been alive. So I think they meant that in a mean way. Okay, I have something to talk to my wife about later then. <laughs> Let's okay, kick it off. Um... Starting in chapter six in Genesis, when mankind began to multiply. So uh, mankind's just starting out. We brand new. We're out here. It's sun's out, guns out, skies out, thighs out. We're rocking it. Um, when mankind began to multiply on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of mankind were beautiful, and they took any they chose as wise for themselves. Pause there. Thank you. Pause. <laughs> you knew there was something weird from the ESV study Bible. They all they're always Woo! Oh man, we didn't make we didn't make the it out of the driveway. People at ESV study, they just smoked a fresh bowl of crack from this one. So <laughs> they got that spoon nice and hot for this one. Sons of God and Darsman, the identity of both groups is uncertain, and various solutions have been advocated, although none has gained universal support. Various scholars have proposed that the sons of God are A, fallen angels, B, tyrannical human judges slash kings, or C, followers of the male descendants of Seth. So basically, 
the sons of God that were causing all this destruction and woe are either fallen angels, tyrannical kings, or just dudes. So one one of the three. We don't know. Yep. Could be. <laughs> we have no idea. It could be either. It could be any one of the three. Could have been angels fallen from on high. Could have been a group of know. badass kings that are eight feet tall, or just just guys, just dudes, just dudes hanging just out, dudes. just dudes, be, dudes. Yeah, just dudes <laughs> hanging out and being horrible as they do. Um, and the Lord said, "My spirit will not remain with mankind forever because they are corrupt. Their days will be one hundred and twenty years." I like that idea of God being like. I don't like this. I'm gonna stop this. Um, I got a I got a brunch meeting though tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Let me check my calendar. The Nephilim were on the earth both in those days and afterward. When the sons of God came to the daughters of mankind who bore children to them, they were the powerful men of old, the famous mm. men. Um, so that's kind of setting the stage of what's going on. I do want to pause um, again just because the Nephilim you, is like this somewhat popular term in the bible that i i think some fundamentalists and some groups will attribute like dinosaur bones to and other like dig sites to oh. because they're like the giants of the bible so some people will be like mm. well this this is the missing this explains everything fallen angels had sex with earth women and <laughs> then we got giant bones in the desert <laughs> like just sorry, I just had to throw that out there. So I was not aware of that. That's freaking funny. God says, you know, I their mankind was a mistake. Oof. And I'm going to get rid Damn. of them. Um, he says, I will wipe off the face of the earth mankind who I might created, together with the animals, creatures that crawl, uh, for I regret that I made them. Ow. Um that's, I want to just pause a... because if I said that to anything that was in my family or that any friends I had, if I ever said like, I want you just gone forever. Like I, I'm, I regret you. That's horrible. <laughs> like, like if I ever said that you. to some, like in my family, if I looked at my dog Rocco and was like, I regret having you as a dog. I wish you. I can't even imagine you saying that What a that horrible to thing to say. But he just, God says it to the whole earth. He has he left his mic on and said, "I, <laughs> I hate all these people." He was just in a. He was just in. He he yeah. had his lapel <laughs> mic uh, on, and he didn't realize it, and he was taking a whiz. These people, these goddamn humans, <laughs> just these me damn humans. <laughs> so he's doing. A, so he regrets making everything. <laughs> Essentially. Uh, Noah, however, found favor in the sight of the Lord. We'll get to why that's funny <laughs> later. So the earth's corrupt and is filled with wickedness. God saw how corrupt it was and wanted to wipe out every single creature. And God says to Noah, I've decided to put an end to every creature. The earth is filled with wickedness. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. The strong material. We were talking about this before the podcast, and Scott was unaware of the uh, Mormon equivalent. Oh, of yeah, Noah's I had Ark. no idea. <laughs> Tell. Um, for listeners who are unaware, um, Mormonism uh, has the wooden submarine as well as the Noah's Ark. 
Uh, you might be asking yourself, "That's not possible." <laughs> what? <laughs> um, you're you're right, but essentially, um, the Jews of old uh, took a wooden submarine to America, and that's why that we have Native Americans. Is absolutely ridiculous. It's rad. Rad. Jews <laughs> boarded a wooden submarine, crossed the ocean. Doot, doot. Four thousand years ago, mind you, four thousand years ago, they have underwater wood technology. What does it run? I don't on? know paddling. It can't. Is, run is, is somebody in the back just kicking their feet? <laughs> does Dave have to just swim outside the boat the whole time? <laughs> Take ships. Who's just? Is someone if someone pushing? says the power of God, I'm quitting this podcast. Like if if they say, well, the the wooden submarine made it just by the power of the Lord, then why did it have to be a submarine? Why not just zap them? He could just he could just zapped him over there. I would have accepted that more. Like you could have just said, "Yep, God just one day said I want the Jews over here in America," and he just teleport him that you know what whatever other things have happened but to say that they built a wooden submarine and just kind of <laughs> haphazardly floated over to north america is crazy if you're mormon i would love to hear your Wood take on also this. is very it's also very porous and so like the that's and how many could you good. fit on this thing what are we talking like five people ten people hundred people I have no idea. We're going to oh dig gosh. into this topic next time. We're back to Noah, um, not with a wooden submarine, just a giant <laughs> wooden <laughs> boat made out of gopher wood. Uh, so God gives him all the dimensions oh, in the last part of chapter six. And he says, in instructions at the very end of six, he says, uh, grab every living thing of all flesh. You shall bring two of every sort into the ark and keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female of the birds according to their kinds, of the animals according to their kinds, creeping things on the ground according to its kind. Two of every sort shall come in and you keep them alive. Thanks for repeating that again, Bible. Uh, I pointed that out because this is the argument Christians will make about it's two of every kind and not every animal. I know when I would read this growing up as a kid, I thought, how do they fit every single animal on this like there's so like just trying to grab every sort of dog and cat would be a project in itself so how do you grab every every single living animal and so you know bible experts will say well it's just every kind so there was one hoofed animal or one dog-like animal one cat-like animal it still doesn't make sense though and so it still doesn't make sense it still doesn't make sense so like six thousand years ago you have this guy gathering two of every class yeah. of animal. I guess. And then within six, not even within 6,000 years, we're talking like within yeah. 2,000 years, those animals populated and evolved enough through microevolution to cause so much distance within the related animals. Yeah. That the, like the 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 family trees branch out that much within a couple thousand years. The other thing I want to point out is that if if they did, if every single animal originates from a boat in the Middle East, whatever four or five thousand years ago, 
then how did some of the animals get to Australia? How did kangaroos get to Australia? I want to know. They hopped. They 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 one big hop. <laughs> but there's there's no that's just to try to nip this one in the butt a little bit. It's like there's we don't have records of and your wife would know more about this than I would. But there's no fossil record of kangaroos traveling from the Middle East to wherever however they landed in Australia. No, like two feet right by <laughs> right by each other. Two feet right by each other. Two feet right by. That's each how other. they made the assumption. Was like they saw kangaroo footprints at the bottom of I don't know India, and then there was two identical footprints on Australia. Like so, it must have just hopped. <laughs> I was just jumped. But it, yeah. I will say, do you know why? Uh, do you know why the unicorns um, didn't get on this boat? They were too horny. They, they were having sex because they were too horny. Because get it, because they have each horns. has one one horn, just one. Yep, they both. Yep. Well, yep. and we lost My unicorns the in the flood, though they forgot to get on. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. If you want a, a true account of what happened, just go to the Creation Museum in Kentucky. They'll have a hundred percent accurate yep. retelling of the uh, ark. Did we lose unicorns, or did they just evolve into narwhals? Great question. I want to believe. Answer it, scientists. <laughs> Checkmate Bible. <laughs> Answer the question. Now. Chapter 7. The Lord said, Go into the ark, you and your household, for I've seen that you are righteous. We'll see about that. Uh, take with you seven pairs of the clean animals, the male and his mate, the pair of animals that are not clean, the male and his mate, seven pairs of the birds. Blah, 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 blah. We're going to jump to uh, verse 17 real quick. So it says, The flood continued 40 days on the earth. The waters increased and bore up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. The waters prevailed and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the face of the waters. I have a question. He has like a lion on the ark, right? Uh, Yeah. Does he also have like an antelope on the ark? I would... I would say yes. They have little, you know, little cages, little tiny cages. I like, I don't know how to ask this question, but like, do you want me to be like <laughs> Mr. Christian Bible expert? Cause I do have an answer. Do you? Were, were, were they fed manna from heaven? So the reason why they time? could fit so many animals on the ark, one is they would get baby animals. So they're smaller. So some might have just been little tiny, like, Lion cubs. You don't have to feed them as much. They are a little more tame, you could say. That's de depressing that they just like took baby animals yep. from their parents and were just like, Yep, they right, took baby the animals. And then the other thing is that the Spirit of the Lord. Uh, off to the Jedi Academy, you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no room for dad. <laughs> Gotta keep him here. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, the other side that they would tell me is that the spirit of the Lord kept the animals like busy. You know, God gave them all a fidget spinner or whatever. Busy. <laughs> Just Not kept fed. them all busy. Busy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they had things to do. <laughs> Like a lion with rib cages over there, but it's just like, oh boy, this like one piece of hay is fucking wild. They had a crossword puzzle every morning. There's a bunch of Sudoku happening. So verse 723 says, He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man and animals and creeping things and birds. They were blotted out from the earth. 
Only Noah was left and those who were with him in the ark, and the waters prevailed on the earth for 150 days. 150 days. Why the why the birds? Yeah, I, I don't know. Why why the why That's the, a great like, question. Did Noah which also begs a question, did Noah have to go get two of every type yeah. of bird? Which that was a fun episode on Noah and Friends. <laughs> like, <laughs> Trying to like climb up and get an egg. <laughs> He's just from, the most like... disheveled man. Creatures <laughs> that crawl and okay, it doesn't mention Which fish. Which is interesting because if the waters, I'm assuming it was freshwater flood because I've never heard of a saltwater rainstorm. But uh, how did how did the different types of fish survive that? Because if there was freshwater and saltwater mixing, most of the fish should have died. In some cases, but yeah, the birds. Why do they grab? They could just fly, right? I mean, I guess if the if the water was above the tree line in this case, then maybe that's why he had to do it. But on the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat, and the waters continued to abate until the tenth month. And in the tenth month, uh, the tops of the mountain tops were finally seen. Dang, it covered the mountain tops. Unless they're really small mountains. Yeah, covered, yeah, covered Mount Everest. Yeah. At the end of the 40 days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made and sent forth a raven. And it went to and fro until the waters were dried up. Uh, then he sent forth a dove and to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. The dove found no place to set its foot and returned to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the earth. Basically, sends out birds to see if the water dried up. He could just look, you know, just like see if it's dry, but he could just wait. Because he's being fed by, I don't know, magic. <laughs> like, what's, what's Noah's fucking hurry right now? Almonds. They had just had a big old bucket of almonds all day. I have right. no idea how they all ate. Water dries up after a while, so he sends out a, a dove. This is where we get the, you know, kind of the famous scene of, like, the dove comes back with an olive branch to signify that the water uh, dried up, and then finally he waited another seven days, and the, and the dove didn't return. So he was like, okay, finally this dove is happy. So then he lets them all out, and they all eat each other and die, and then the whole plan gets thwarted. <laughs> I always wondered about that when he opened the door. Like, when they all just kind of, like... I never thought about that. You ever seen those videos, like, when people, like, release, like, a squirrel or, like, a hamster they've been rehabilitating, and it just gets instantly swooped up by a hawk? It's like, go, little critters! Go! <laughs> go, animals! And then immediately the lion's just like clinches like onto the neck of an antelope. All 600 like, different breeds of falcon it, just have a feast. <laughs> just swarming around. <laughs> it's like the birds. Eagles just like fucking up a chicken. <laughs> just utter bloodbath. Noah no and his like family are just standing there and it's just like anime style blood splash across their faces. Oh man, that's I never thought of it like that before. They just immediately they walk off the ark and then it's just a battle royale. Do you do you think do you think that Moses was, or Noah, sorry. Noah was like, "All right, uh head on out, head on out. Uh pigs, you stay. We we got something planned." <laughs> <laughs> A chicken, you say, cows, you you yeah. stay, hang back. Hang we're, back. Gonna we're gonna we're gonna fix you up for a little bit. For a little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, who knows how they came out of the ark? But they come out of the ark, I guess, and everything lives happily ever after. It says they 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 are fruitful and multiply. 
So then Noah built an altar to the Lord. He took some of every kind of clean animal and every kind of clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. So, you know, the animals he saved. <laughs> you know, um, just burnt them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the one he named on the ark after like day 119. When the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, he said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of man, even though man's inclination is evil from his youth. That seems a little passive aggressive. <laughs> even though it was your even fault. Though, even though you're the bitch. Um, and I will never again strike down every living thing as I have done. As long as the earth endures, sea time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will not cease. That's nice. God said, this is the sign of the covenant I'm making between me and you and every living thing with you, a covenant for all future generations. I have placed my bow and my axe. in the clouds. And it, I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> well, like, I know as a kid, I always thought of it as something uh, symbolic. Like, I never thought of it as a rainbow. Oh, um, interesting. I always, but then somebody explained to yeah. me that it was a rainbow, and I was like, ah, oh, it makes sense because it was a big old storm. So you thought it was like a visual, like a bow. I didn't know what it was. You're just like, I don't know what that means. I'm going to just keep reading. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That. Bible's weird. <laughs> Bible's going to Bible. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I form clouds over the earth and the bow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all the living creatures. It's weird that God says he'll remember like he could yeah. forget. Also, this, <laughs> I mean, the track record so far, we're only six chapters into this bible and god already hit the reset button he was like nope nope don't like this none of these people don't like them all <laughs> nope don't like that i don't like i just have to <laughs> having sex with people i just have to point out that the, in the bible that you know we always would talk about oh you know god is always the same never changing he's you know he is the one he, all, always and has always been the same but that, I read these verses, it's like, you only have to read about 30 minutes worth of Bible to go, boy, he really changed his mind a couple times. Like, he immediately regretted his decision. Six chapters in, he goes, I regret everything I ever made. I mean, that's pretty, that's a big plot <laughs> twist. Just six chapters in. So, yeah, he's trying to save face now and go, hey, I'll never do this again. One thing I do want to point out, and I do want to highlight about this verse is every now and then this rears its ugly head around, um, I believe June. Oh yeah. Take back the rainbow. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. Uh, saying that gay people, the LGBTQ community has appropriated oh, God's geez. rainbow. I know every year I see something like that pop up. That's the symbol of after the fact, him trying to kill everyone. Yeah. Like both, Sides can have it. I don't understand why people are arguing so much yeah. about like they'll be like, "Oh, that's our symbol." Blah blah blah. It's like, well, so it's not like you are around wearing the rainbow. Yeah, and also other people can enjoy things, and you don't have to be a part of it. You can have meaning to it for your own sake. And yeah, other people can have their own meaning. Like, or just who has a monopoly on visual light band? Like, it, it, it's color. It's just colors. <laughs> like everyone yeah. should be able to enjoy it. Yeah, and some people who are colorblind can enjoy as much as others, but that's <laughs> oh, just a, a little, little sad. sad though. So God puts out a big rainbow. It's a big pride flag right on top of the mountain as soon as the flood's done. Yep. According to, yeah, Joe Biden's Bible. Yeah, according, yeah, yeah, according oh, to Hunter Biden's gosh. Bible. 
So uh, then we get to kind of the end of Noah's life. Noah's sons uh, who came out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and mm-hmm. Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These uh, three were Noah's sons. And from them, the whole earth was populated. We all come from Ham. We all come from Ham. Noah, a man of the soil, <laughs> was whatever that means, was the first to plant a vineyard. He drank some of the wine, became drunk, and uncovered himself inside his tent. Nice. I just want to like say, I get it. He's in the Middle East. It's probably yeah. hot. Cool off. Take take your pants off. Yeah. Have a glass of wine. I, Hang I, out. I ain't going. I ain't going. I'm not going to befuddle anybody who's you know feeling yeah. a little toasty in That's the middle right. of the night. Also. He was just out in the water for like almost. Yeah, I think anybody days. that deserves a couple glasses of wine is the guy that built a boat by hand and had to stay in it with his family and a bunch of dogs and birds for almost a year. <laughs> uh, was the guy who had to catch <laughs> birds <laughs> and ants <laughs> and big and spiders ants. <laughs> and bees? He had to catch you bees. Imagine just the chaos. Of him trying to check things off the list. Do we get flies yet? I don't know. What about cats? I've already. I don't think we asked about cats yesterday, but did we get cats? What about caterpillars? Now, wait. Do butterflies count as caterpillars or butterflies? Do I have to get one of each, or is that a class? <laughs> Help. <laughs> He's just in a room full of animals. Get... <laughs> Help. <laughs> It's got like a snake in one hand, to like oh, a ferret in the other. These are both noodly things. Does that count as one type of animal? They're both noodles. God said two of every kind. Did we get two stick bugs or are those just sticks? It's <laughs> just holding a literal stick. <laughs> Noah, you need to sleep. You haven't slept in a week. I got two stick bugs. Where'd the chameleon go? Oh God! So he, so he has a glass of wine. He's just relaxing. Took his pants off in the tent. Just unbuttoned his whatever his 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 coat. Yeah, whatever it is. His his dungarees. (laughs) Uh, Then Shem and Japheth, or uh, Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his father naked, and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a cloak and placed it over both their shoulders, and walking backward. They covered their father's nakedness. Their faces were turned away, and they did not see their father naked. We've all been there, right? We've all had naked dads. We go on a family camping trip. One of you spot your dad naked. You got to walk backwards, put a blanket over him. Wouldn't be my a Moran family camping trip if I didn't do that with my brother. <laughs> if we cover my dad's nakedness. <laughs> when Noah woke from his drinking and learned what his young, youngest son had done to him, he said, Come here. Come, come, come here. Hey, um, no, no, everybody, come here. I guess, I guess. Let me tell you guess, something. I guess. I love you. I love you so much. Kanan, I love you so <laughs> much. I love you so much. Look, I don't say this to a lot of people, but you're like Stop my it. best friend. Stop you're it. You're like my best. You're like my <laughs> best friend. Gannon will be cursed. And you're cursed. He'll, he'll be the lowest of <laughs> slaves to his brothers. He also said, praise the Lord, the God of Shem, 
Canaan will be a slave. God will extend Japheth. He will dwell in the tents of Shem. Canaan will be his slave. And then he immediately passed out. And his three sons looked around and were like, did that count as a curse? Yeah. Is a drunk curse still a curse? <laughs> and the, the final verse is, after the yeah. flood, Noah lived 350 more years, totaling to a grand old age of 950 years old. And then he died. And I don't want to set off any alarms or anything like that. So this is a little oh, bit of a trigger boy. warning for folks. But I would not want to live 350 years after a flood. No. Well, I would want to live 350 <laughs> years, flood. period. What are you oh talking about? Gosh. Like, I wouldn't want to be that old. Oh, man. I would just be like, I'm yeah. done. I did my thing. He Let was already 120 when all this BS happened. It's like, just, just go. Just get drunk in your tent and call just, it a day. I know. What, which begs the question, what else did he do? I think he just got drunk and got naked for another 350 years. Now, we'll say, not a bad way to spend 350 years. Hey, hey, I'll take it. Why not? Scott, any final thoughts on the flood? I think I got most of my thoughts out. I, I just, I would love to go see the Ark in person in Kentucky. I want to go so bad and see the actual explanation but but for real, my, my thoughts are, this is one of the most famous stories of the Bible, and it's very odd and ridiculous, and people will just take it kind of face value, like, oh yeah, of course, like boat, animals. It's just when you start thinking about those little questions like we've been asking of like, how many animals? How did he get, how did he feed them? How did they exit the ark? How did they enter? All these little things start to make this story more far-fetched than it is. Because I think, when, as you're a kid and you get introduced to it, you, you think, maybe, sure, this, maybe something like this did happen. But it's just like the small details of the process for me uh, sell it. And then the other side is, even if, I know the other uh, argument people make is, well, this isn't a global flood. This is like a local flood story. Like, only this part of the Middle East flooded. And that okay. that's a great explanation that helps explain why some of these were feasible. Like maybe he only grabbed animals from the region. Like people still were able to be pop animals were still across the earth, but, but then it, then it breaks the other part of the story because then that breaks the whole point of when God says, I'm going to blot out everything. Well, that's not everything. So it, mm -hmm. it creates plot holes, however you want to take it. So th those, that's my two pennies. What, what's your thoughts, seven? I completely agree. This fits into one of these weird um, narratives in the Bible that's very defended. Yes. Um, the floods are very defended by hardline evangelicals. But you ask your everyday average Joe what they think that goes to church, and they'll be like, I don't think, you know, I think the flood made, they would say either maybe the yeah. flood was regional, or they'd just be like, that yeah. ah, didn't happen. Yep. You know? The flood's one of those things that just, it doesn't matter as a tenet of faith. People bring up the point like, well, I just, I know it's not real. I just get my morals from the Bible. My thought is, what's the moral you get from this story? Like what people always say about these Old Testament stories. Like, oh, no, it's just where I get my principles. Or oh, that's, you're supposed to extrapolate like the meaning from the verse. And I'm like, okay, then what's the lesson of the flood? Like, tell me, I really... I don't know what how this improves my life on a daily basis. Like, so if 
it rains a lot, I should build a boat? Should I take care of my family? Like, I don't know. I wouldn't even know what to extrapolate as far as like a story or a meaning from this. I mean, this is just, just like the Tower of Babel. It's a story that is an attempt to explain. Exactly. I, you're spot on. It's, and that's, that's the issue is that it's, it's not a story of just principles and morals and values. And it's nice to say it's, it's, it began as someone going, why is the earth like this? Or why are, why are things like this that we see today? Or what would happen if it, boy, it sure has rained a lot. What would happen if it got even worse? These are scientific questions getting answered with stories, with, with myths. And that's, yeah. that's what we have in the Bible is signed. Yeah. Everybody is scientific. You talk to any, any kid, they, they ask why over and over and over again. I mean, they're little, they're little scientists. Yeah. So it's the same. People have yeah. always been like that. So you just imagine thousands of years ago, people are wondering, yeah, like you said, Devin, like, what happens if it just stopped? If it just kept raining? What if it just never stopped raining? What would happen? The floods. The flood narrative is is baffling that people believe it to its extent. And we talked about this before with Ruth and Boaz, where it was like, just let the Bible be the Bible and show cool stories. I think that's just mm-hmm. let it be what it is, um, because this story, when you zoom out, shows a level of human creativity in creating this story. Yeah. That is pretty awesome. It's like early on in human civilization, they were like, okay, things happen. The weather gets kind of crazy. What if it got buck wild? What would happen? And somebody invented a story about one guy who, you know, the deity who owns everything saw was good and constructed him to preserve the rest of life. And I do think other religions and other, um, belief systems in the past have flood stories as well you were mentioning it's beginning gilgamesh, gilgamesh has, has flood, one has a flood and, story yep, and so and we see this in other um some of the eastern religions too they have very early flood stories as well um there's even some egyptian stories that have flood so there's also this point of at some point in ancient culture there might have been a large flood or like hurricane or something that happened and at that point in history, people started writing stories about it. And that's how we started getting these yeah. uh, myths kind of spreading through different belief groups and, and religious groups. But so it's not far-fetched to think that something like that happened, like where there was maybe a really strong flood yeah. and people then created a story from it and it got passed down and bit bop, boop, we have the Bible. So, um, yeah, cool. I think that's all we got for this for the flood. I could keep going. It's a big story, but maybe we'll do a part two. So, oh yeah, it is a yeah. big old story. Maybe we do. Maybe yeah. we do a part two. Scott, what's on your what what's on your plug list? What's on your? I'm gonna keep it short, um, since I know it's a long podcast. But Christian video games online, it's coming. Yep, I'm also plugging that. Um, yep, uh, the Christian video this games is that's so gonna fun. be real fun when yeah. it actually happens. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Um, thank you again so much for listening. We are on Apple Podcasts now, so in case you're listening on any other medium, um, you can also listen on Apple Podcasts. So tell your Apple only friends <laughs> that they can listen to us now. And if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> you can follow us on uh, uh, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok for however long that's going to be around at Unblessed yeah. Pod. And then you can email us at unblessedpodcast at gmail.com. 
Uh, we want to hear your thoughts. We, you know, our, our Gmail's just collecting tumbleweeds right now. Email so. us. We need more. Do it. Do it. Uh, thank you again so much for listening. Um, if you want to help us out, leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts and share this with your friends. My name is Evan. And I'm Scott. And don't forget to close your Bible. <laughs>